Cloud. Just get me headphones. So there's the music. So this is uh, another episode of the Malt Travel podcast. Uh, this week we've got up to episode 23, would you believe? Uh, we're recording this on Halloween. It's a very wet and dark Halloween. The clock's went back last night. Yeah, we've just been comparing trick or treaters. It went mad. It was mad. Mamacy said, oh, it's dead quiet. And then we had knock after knock uh, from about, I don't know, half past five onwards. So we've run out, we've run out of biscuits now, so we've had to shut everything down. So, I, I give them no stock cubes. That's why I used to give me Sheffield. <laughs> Get the no stock cubes. They've got like gold foil on them. They look like uh, butterscotch or toffee. You want to see the reaction in a kid's face when they wrap them and shoving them in their mouths uh, and walking down path. Bruce, Bruce is quickly getting this in because his daughter's out and there's, a, there's going to be a gaggle of teenage girlies all Please. dressed up as ghouls. And, 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 speak when they're <laughs> so we're going to crack on. So, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of a damp, uh, a damp uh, Sunday evening. Um, I say at the end of October. Uh, I managed to catch up with Nick actually this weekend, so we had a, a couple of beers last night in the Royal Molten uh, Royal Oak. So we well, had more than a couple. Uh, it was very nice actually. I thought very well this morning. And after yeah. we retired, we, we got invited to the uh, to the uh, Langton Road uh, uh, cellar bar as well, Bruce. So we sampled right, a few. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're waiting our first invite there. Yeah. So it's still been a while since we've, we've been together as a threesome, but we are trying to. Uh, Get something organised for the near future. Uh, Nick and Bruce were out in the rhubarb triangle last weekend, so we'll catch up with that. And I think that's going to be the focus of our next podcast. Uh, I've had a very wet week in Welsh Wales, um, so we'll catch up a little bit about that. And then, as always, we've got a few uh, updates, news, etc. Uh, and today's episode, though, is going to focus on Nick. Now, Nick, I've called it twenty-four hours. It, was it technically was it one night and a day or so you went to London? Um, and it was a short yeah. hop, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because we normally have to go down for a musical, but no, it was it was my belated birthday treat, so we didn't have to do a musical, which meant we can we can spend the evening in pubs, which was yeah, <laughs> far more to my liking, really. And you, uh, we've obviously done we did London back in I think it's like episode seventeen where we all picked our three uh, favorite pubs in London, but I think Nick actually, I don't, I think I know you may we mentioned the Princess Louise, but I think the pubs that you chose tonight are all. Uh, new to the podcast anyway, I think we might have mentioned a couple of them when we were talking about other areas you might want to go, so hopefully it'll be interesting. Um, mainly, you were kind of more along the river, weren't you, this time? Well, no, that was the whole point. I mean, when I got to London, I centre myself around Holborn now, because you've got the Sam Smith pubs there, but it's half an hour walk from King's Cross, and then what, 10 minutes, quarter, minute, quarter an hour into uh, Covent Garden. I say yeah. normally when we're going down to London, it's it's because we're going to to see a show or yeah. Jackie's wanting to see a show, and I sort of tag along, unless I can persuade her that I don't like it and I'll sit in the pub all night. But because it was my weekend or my 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 day, as it were, uh, I planned to travel down the river. I mean, we always normally go on the Clipper rather than paying for one of those cruise boats that's a bit rip off when the blokes or manning the boats turn around and say, "Oh, we don't get." We don't get paid, Governor, so we rely on tips. Well, of course you get paid. Um, so, as I say, we always go on the Clipper for a sort of a free cruise. 
Uh, we've been out in Greenwich a few times, so I just thought, well, concentrate on the North Bank this time, because often when I'm on the Clipper, you see these wonderful old pubs by the side of the Thames there and think about all the history that's connected to them. So decided to do that and also was always told that um, the Weatherspoons down at Canary Wharf was quite uh, an interesting building as well. So that's that's where I planned my my round route from. So starting from Holborn, or you could even, in fact, what we did was start right in the centre of London. And once again, we both got uh, Oyster cards, which makes it easy just jumping on and off any form of public transport you want. I understand that you can basically use a credit card the similar way as well. I understand Barclay card will do that. So once you've reached a maximum amount, basically you're travelling for free. I think there's a maximum amount that you can spend and then whatever form of transport. So that was the other thing as well, to experience some different forms of transport. So, yeah, if you want me to make a start, we actually started in Trafalgar Square. Well, yeah, I would get a normal... All we'll, right, then, we'll, go on there. there. Well, that's, that's interesting, and I think you've chosen quite a few pubs with character, I think, probably would summarise them, wouldn't it? I think you picked some... Well, those, those are pubs I like. I don't like the yeah, ripped-out shops yeah, that are yeah. craft... Empire. And as you say, I know, I know you also said you, you try and kind of combine that with a transport thing because I think that's one of the benefits of London, isn't it? It's um, interesting listening to some of the metro mayors. I think Andy Burnham's saying that about the north. You know, we don't have that integration like London has, where, like you say, with an Oyster card, you can pretty much travel across the whole of the city, can't you? Uh, yeah. On on what on train, tube, bus. Um, and are there some boats you can use your Oyster card on? Or... Yeah, 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 you use yeah. them on the on the, on the clipper. Uh, yeah. The KL, what what were they called, Bruce? The initial KL, KLM, KLM something, weren't they? And they were probably sports house now, they're sponsored by Uber, but you can't use the um, Uber, yeah. Your, your Oyster or your contactless top up doesn't include the clipper, you get right. a slight discount, which is ah, not right. your daily rate. So, yeah, yeah, careful of that. And you can't get that uh, day rover. No, I, whoa, 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 hang on. I always use the Oyster, I always use my Oyster card and the clipper. You can use an Oyster card on the Clipper, yeah. but the Oyster journey is not including your daily cap. So your eight pounds yeah. a day won't include, right. won't include your Clipper journey. No, that's right. It's about yeah, I think right. it's about it's seven, seven about seven fifty one way from where we went Canary Wharf back up to Blackfriars. Yeah, uh, which sounds a lot, but it's a 15, 20 minute cruise. Mm. You pay for that mm. on one of the cruise boats, right, and that is eight pound. That's the, that's the London limit, is it? Once above that, you yeah, start having seven nines, I think. So seven right. nines, which is which is not not dissimilar to the old. Day rover pass that we used to buy in the good old days, wasn't it? When you could buy a London That's transport right, yeah. daily pass, zone one and zone two, it's yeah, about four pound yeah. twenty, didn't it? And then That's it right. started yeah. going up a bit. The so that out now, everyone just uses the contactless, just use, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll say we just put the brakes on Nick slightly, so we'll do our normal kind of highlights, uh, where we've been. And certainly, I'll say you, I know you pair are going to focus your trip to um West Yorkshire, uh, probably next, the next podcast that we do. Uh, as I mentioned, I've been in. Ooh, I'm going to be there. I've been in deepest Welsh Wales, so I've been mainly drinking brains for the week. Um, so we went to Aberdovey, which is a little kind of coastal village in the mid Wales. Uh, actually, three three pubs that were okay. Actually, two two that were okay. We ended up going to the Dovey, which is right in the centre. Um, and I even sampled the Barry Island IPA. Would you believe? Which actually was quite nice. Uh, but I managed to get a few different beers in while I was there. Um, although I've got to say, probably the best beer I tasted that week was actually a uh, y Valley, so they're based in Herefordshire, aren't they? And I've got to say that HPA, which was in the Britannia pub, uh, was very, very nice. Uh, very clear, very light um, pale ale, 4%. That was really nice as well. Uh, I did manage to track down some, uh, I don't remember sell this right, Benafoyle Brewery. And oh. we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, actually, that they were the first ever brewery in the UK to start canning beer. 
And I managed to actually hunt down while I was in Wales a couple of pictures of one of those original cans. And for those of you <laughs> on YouTube, it looks like a Brasso can, doesn't it? It's basically mm. a, a, a Brasso yeah. bottle with a with a crown top, you know, normal bottle on the top, bottle gaffer on the top of it. But they were apparently the first people in the country to start um, uh, canning beer. And we, I think we mentioned Wrexham Largo again was was one of the early ones as well. And this it was all the rage in America, and it and uh, it came across. Um, and then again, we mentioned mentioned someone. I, I picked up that this Cru Braff, which is kind of a Welsh type of ale, uh, and Cru Braff typically means lovely beer in Welsh. It's quite a red ale, so that's apparently one of the traditional kind of Welsh beers. If you go back over the centuries, was uh, was a craft braff, so I managed to get a bottle of that. Well, so it was very nice. And the breeds are okay, actually. We know we mentioned they were talking about by um, Mitchell's and Butler. Sorry, Mitchell Butler's bought out their pubs, didn't they, during lockdown? Um, but they seem to be doing okay at the moment, so fingers crossed. And, and a new discovery for me, actually. No, Marston's, not Mitchell and Butler. Marston's, sorry, Marston's, that's right. And they, they took their pubs over, haven't they? I think mm. they're still brewing in Cardiff. Um, but the, the discovery for me was uh, Brains Smooth Dark. So I think, well, I was, yeah, I was reading a little bit about um, Brains' beers. And obviously they have the Reverend, um, what's it, Reverend James is their kind of key ones, an essay, which doesn't actually stand for Skull Attack, apparently something else. And that's just what Welsh rugby, rugby fans called it. Uh, they do a gold version of that as well. But I came across this Dark Smooth and it's a dark mild, which again, we've talked about before. Uh, it's only three and a half percent. But as Bruce says, it, it poured fantastically. I've got to say, it was on keg, it wasn't on cask. And in fact, the pub ran out of Guinness uh, one night and they managed to get quite a lot of people started drinking this instead. So uh, if you ever come across Brains Dark Smooth, I would recommend it. It was very, very nice. Uh, 390 a pint in Mid Wales, which I guess wasn't too bad for a touristy place, but uh, there we go. Now, Bruce, you had a trick to Leeds with the family. So I think yeah. you took the pub, didn't you? I did, yeah. We had a trip to Leeds uh, and I managed to tick off a pub we've wanted to go for ages. Uh, the Eagle Tavern uh, is uh, one of the reputed one of the best Samsung pubs in Leeds. And it's actually, um, although we took a very convoluted route of finding it, uh, you basically just come up uh, past the Merrion Centre, walk about 10 minutes. You come to a very small industrial estate. Um, you can't miss it because the bagel nash shops, all the bagels are. Made there, they've got huge big on ash signs, and then coming the end of that building, you've got this standalone pub that has no business being there. I mean, you know, any other brewery, this wouldn't be there now, wouldn't it be long demolished? Mm -hmm. Because Sam Smith is invested in it. Uh, it's got a hotel, the top two floors of a hotel, and inside it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's five rooms to it inside, uh, four of them have a real fire. Um, the only one without a uh, fire is the actual room with a bar. And dark woods, great, immaculately maintained. It's got a great little snug room, two large rooms with proper fireplaces, mantelpieces, and one room that actually has a, a pool table on a standalone basis. So, although there's a pool mm -hmm. table, which that's a stick like in pubs, this is the corner that's run by itself. Uh, and I say, just nobody else but him would maintain it. It was immaculate. The only thing was, it had no hample beer in because, of mm -hmm. course, he's, uh, he's trying to, um, bizarrely, he's trying to push cask beer um so in a lot of pubs where there's old brewery is removed the sovereign much to the chagrin of a lot of the people that do go in the pubs around here but in here because uh, the area that obviously said look this little sovereign's very popular so we should move the hand pump which is very bizarre because the pub itself is lovely they were uh, you know, i took ben in for a pint there were a few people up there like myself finding it a group of um uh rail ale drinkers in the snug uh, but yeah, definitely worth a visit. And actually, um, it's only about five minutes walk from the arena. Uh, the other side of the arena, you don't normally see, there's quite a few tower blocks. And this is at the other side of those tower blocks. Mm -hmm. So 
if you follow walked around the tower blocks, you would have to walk about five or six minutes. But yeah, cracking, uh, cracking. Nice. But, um, uh, I quite, quite missed the sovereign, so I, I quite, I probably would choose will that. It, so will it will it get any trade from the arena, bro? Because the only other place yeah, I know well, that they went complete electric was the the. Uh, King's Day down in York, and that was simply because mm. it's a quicker way to serve rather than Anvil. Mm. Well, Everything's I mean, electric. It's pretty much a locals pub, but of course, people right. in, oh, live in Leeds. There's a course, you've got loads of pubs around the arena, and of course, there's a Weatherspoons now, smack bang next to the arena. What the landlord was saying, he says, you know, people in Leeds, he says, you know, it's just so busy, he said. So, you know, for a lot of people in Leeds, they know about the Eagle. So before and afterwards, of course, it's five-minute stroll, uh, there's a little bit of very uh, free off-street parking nearby there as well for people in the north. So they go there. So you'll get a little bit of trade, makes it nice and busy, but not mad. And it's alternative weather spoons because say the spoons yeah. gets absolutely rammed. Yes, you can say with Peter there. This was courtesy of a group on the report a few months ago. Uh, Mr. Rate my takeaway, been to um, the Yorkshire Deli uh, in Wakefield and had this uh, meat along pizza um, and the other Yorkshire Delis in Leeds. So we found a voucher, so it expired on Tuesday, so I had to go to eat on Tuesday. Uh, so you got a meat-along pizza, uh, you got to choose four different toppings, uh, so everybody got their own quarter. That's my one at the end there, not the cheese. Uh, and for £34, we got the meat-along pizza, uh, four pints, um, the San Miguel, four pints and four portions of fries. So it was a mad deal. Uh, the pizza would have fed eight people, that was the thing. We brought tons of it home, it was insane. So, yeah, if you're looking for a good buy, if you've gone on the uh, group on pages for Leeds, look for the Yorkshire Deli or Wakefield. So, for £35, that huge pizza for about eight people, four pints. Obviously, bought Evia San Pellegrino. And, uh, so, I, I think, yeah, for those listening on the podcast, you definitely have to try and catch it with a YouTube version because Bruce has got a picture there of his, of his two kids having this, this, this huge, humongous pizza, <laughs> and another special food voucher for Bruce. That's Looks like it. Looks like a floor mat, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, it was a dog lying asleep on front of fire. And, on that. Was, it, actually, it, wasn't, it was absolutely wonderful. The ingredients it, it looked very nice. Yeah, oh, I was just about Sam Smith. Do so they still have those? Um, kind of uh, what were they called? Gauge electric pumps, you know, that did half a pint at a time. You know, click, click. Talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said that. So, certainly, so the, the King stayed down in York. That was simply to for, for quick service, yeah. Because I remember I went in there once and uh, the girl behind the bar, all used to actually a bit naive and she served me a pint and because it's a measured pint, I said, oh, I said, look at the size of the head on that. I said, can you just top it up for me? So she clicked it again. Obviously, you've got another half a pint in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't get another half a pint in it. I'll spill down <coughs> into the drip tray. So, I, just, I was talking to a couple of the, couple, couple of the uh, locals in the bar uh, and obviously what we're doing up there and said I would come to take it off the list. People want to come for ages. And we're talking about the price of beer. And I said, oh, we're in Wakefield and prices were great. Uh, we were talking about landlord and you know what, what it not so what it used to be mm. and the price of that. And actually, told me that in the pack horse in Leeds, they do a very good pint of landlord. Um, pack horse costs just up from the White Locks, and it's only 280 a pint. So, 280 a pint of landlord in Leeds City Centre is available, apparently. And there's another pub near the station, I think the Moat Hill, uh, near the station, which I've never heard of, not far from the Scarborough Arms. They also knock out landlord at 280 a pint, they said. So, definitely worth checking out those. Mm. Yeah. So, talking of beers, before we move on to beer news, uh, Nicholas, are you partaking this evening? Are you on a... No, no, because no. as you said, I had, I had folks around last night, they drunk all my beer. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, Bruce, no, not tonight. I'm is just, it worth just rushing, yourself? I'm a drink, uh, I'm drinking, uh, uh, went to London, had some little drink, we went to Camden Town Brewery and... Uh, 
They do this Arch series, which you can't buy in the shop. So we've got a few cans up. So this is the Italian Pilsner, which is a, a Camden take on an Italian take on a German Pilsner. It's actually really nice, though. It's delicious. It's very fresh, very far It's lovely. Well, that one, one actually Nick talking about drinking these beers. Uh, Nick Bortman this a couple weeks ago. That's probably some, uh, for the birthday, some bread mixes. And um, I have been, we, we did one lot. So, uh, and he bought me one of these to go with it. But I'm going to drink it rather than putting bread. Ah, so, this, nice. is, this is the Sam Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout, which I can tell you cost him $2.99 from Tremblay Bandersen York. He's got the label on the little bits. So, <laughs> uh, I've, I've never had this before. So, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Organic chocolate stout, and that's not bad for a pint bottle. Is it two ninety nine? Um, and it's oh. a decent, uh, decent brew. So we, I think it feels quite right for um, uh, uh, what we on ha uh, Halloween this evening. Let's see what ABV it is. It's uh, five percent, so I'll take you over for the evening. So uh, brew news this week. Uh, I think Bruce used a couple of these, and I sent a couple, couple of well. Um, obviously, we all, I think we've all talked a little bit about the obviously the budget, uh, mm. uh, which was trumped, wasn't it? it was kind of um, I don't know really. One or two people have said in the papers that it was almost kind of trying to kind of you know put the working man off. You're going to pay loads of taxes and that's insurance, but don't worry because your beer's getting cheaper. Uh, but as always, there was a little bit of a hidden kind of hit, wasn't it? In that, whilst the the good news was that they froze if you like beer duty and are going to cut it on a certain amounts. Uh, they seem to have used 40 liters as the point where they're going to reduce the the uh, beer duty. And that, of course, means that many small breweries and many of the kind of beers we talk about actually won't, won't benefit because it's only the big guys that sell beer in 40-litre kegs. So I think we'll have to see, really, what kind of what happens. I've, I've read that this weekend there is um, an option that they might be reviewing that. And, in fact, the photo that uh, Rishi and Boris did, uh, they were both lifting 30-litre kegs and saying, you know, yeah. beer's getting cheaper, which was a bit of a con because it doesn't, doesn't really. So we'll see kind of that goes, really. But at the end of the day, they reckon it's only going to say three pence in a pint anyway, and, and mm. we'll never see that. I mean, what's three pence here, there, there? Because the brewers just turn around and say, oh, well, we haven't put the price up for two years anyway, so, hey, mm. we'll carry on paying it, won't we? Well, we'll say this, I think it will be going uh, up, though, will it? That's the thing. It'll stop a... It'll come offset a price rise, won't it? But it will, but obviously gas prices, electric prices, staff prices are all going up anyway, so whether it, whether it will actually impact on the pint in the pub, is another matter, isn't it? Obviously, the, the, yeah. the, the brewers will be paid slightly less tax because they, they're paying less duty. But I think like we get our butter from we get our butter from Lidl. We get their West Country Spreadable butter, and it's got a. I'm just going to go and get me uh, power lead, lads, because uh, I've got yeah. a low battery. Okay, so Nick's going to sort himself some power. Um, and again, interesting that quite a few people made this connection uh, on uh, Twitter, etc. So again, for those on the YouTube uh, channel, we've got a clip there of Boris and. <laughs> uh, Mr. Weatherspoon himself, and it was interesting, wasn't it? There was a lot of talk about the the pre-release, quite a lot of the budget news, and the day before the budget, Weatherspoon announced there we're cutting the cost of some pints <clears throat> in some pubs to under a pound. I know, I know, Bruce, that you, you're keeping an eye on where these are going to be. I know that every pub in, is going to be offering this. Well, I, don't know. I was in Harrogate on uh, Friday saying they packed uh, Weatherspoons or uh, Winter Gardens. Uh, if you're not, I mean, I'm not mm. huge fan of Weatherspoons, but probably, arguably, content of the finest Weatherspoons in the country. Winter Gardens, of course, was Victorian in a city greenhouse. Mm. If you look at the flowers, fantastic archways, marble, parquet floors, stunning ceiling. Uh, but the posters are up for this, so it was a Green King IPA, it's going to be 99p. Right. It was a lager for 99p, and Bell's <coughs> Whiskey is going to be 99p a shot. 
That's mad. Again, I mean, and this has got nothing really to do with duty, has it? Because like we just said, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that money off it. But uh, and actually, this is a tweet. I'm just this is uh, Weston Greenman, who's one of the guys that follows us on the pod sometimes, and he said can't possibly see the connection between Witherspoons are pre-announcing a 99p beer and then beer duty being um, floored the day after in the budget. So anyway, that's, that's we'll, again we'll see how that settles down. Just thought I'd throw this one. I don't know if you saw this, Bruce. The yacht. Oh no, I didn't. Yeah. Had the uh, fox in Holgate as their pub of the week. I think from last Saturday's yacht boat. Oh, so, excellent. Uh, I know we've had a bit of a mm, occasional go at the guy who writes this this column in the Yorkshire Post. It's a bit bland sometimes, but it's not a bad write-up actually. Um, and again, obviously, one of Bruce, well, Bruce's local really. Uh, and again, I was there last night, and I was there at four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, and and the over, the last, over the last week, I've been to I've been to Leeds twice. I've been to Harrogate, I've been to Wakefield, Castleford, uh, and. Um, the uh, I've been to Nairs, but drinking and uh, the beer last night the Fox, the Silver King, uh, and this afternoon was absolutely stunning, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, the beer in top. Well, the Yorkshire Post give it five out of five for everything five out of five for welcome, five out of five for drinks, and five out of five for excellent. So, there we go. Um, actually, Nick noticed that in this uh, month's camera, is it comes out, is it monthly now? No, is it bi monthly? The, the beer magazine, quite a few of Nick's pubs actually that he's chosen tonight are actually in. There's an article there about uh, heritage mm-hmm. pubs, and, and there's quite a few that are in there as well. That's what I like. That's what I sort out. This as well. It might not quite help us straight away, but again, I picked this up this week that Lumo are uh, this new company which are now running the on the East Coast uh, mainline. It passes uh, New York, though, without stopping. Yeah, uh, but, it, it, but you can travel from Newcastle upon Tyne to London for 16 quid. You can. Um, but it's a oh, bit weird, yeah. That? The cheap tickets are sold out for about three months, so but it looks it's right. great, great deal. Though. I mean, I think they reckon thirty pounds out is the average average cost. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it's weird. It's Newcastle, Morpeth, Stevenage, London, uh, possibly Luton. They might add. I, I wonder whether at some point they, I don't know. I suppose L and the R will take up the Wakefield, York, Leeds line, won't they? Let's start well, because only members. only every every station apart from the London ones can only have one open access operator. <laughs> So, of course, we've got Grand Central and that's Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Hartlepool. So, mm-hmm. they serve York. And so, they say there's no space for Lumo because the way the revenues are worked out. But, of course, Grand Central aren't really a low-cost operator. So, people in York are fuming that yeah. paying a lot of money to an L in the R and this thing's coming through <laughs> six times a day. Um, so, I think there's a lot of pressure coming to allow an open operator and a low, an economy uh, open um Open operator as well, so yeah, fingers crossed it'll come there. I, I am to, it. I, I'm just going to. I, I've read that. Yeah, it's first. It's uh, first. First travel group, isn't it? That own it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, but great for people from like Geordie Land, you know, for sixteen quid, get a finger out. It's yeah, great price, isn't it? So brilliant. But like I say, well, let's let, let's let's all the all the pisses who normally get on at Newcastle come down to York. They get on the wrong train. They end up in Stevenage. <laughs> And then again, as all we might, we, well, we mentioned weather series, we might as well throw in Brewdog as well. And the, and the news this week was, it doesn't get, doesn't get any better for them, does it, Brewdog? Um, this, it, now, it now came out this week that, uh, if you remember some time ago, I think we mentioned it on the podcast, they were they were putting out these solid gold cans in packs. And the idea was that if you bought a pack of uh, Brewdog from them, um, I think it was Punk IPA, that they put out 10 solid gold cans. And this can was worth fifteen thousand pounds, and da, 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 da. anyway, it now it, I don't know how it got out, but now apparently they weren't actually solid gold; they were just gold plated, and they were and they weren't worth fifteen thousand pounds. They were only worth about a thousand pounds, something like that. So I know that um, I think uh, the, what's his name, the, the guy 
James, what is it? He's now saying that he's going to pay all those 10 people the full price out of his own wages. It will take him for two years to do that as well. Uh, but I just like this one because it was a bit, it was a bit, um, there was a couple of points, some of the press picked it up and there was a good one here in the Telegraph uh, where she was talking about uh, Brewdog being one of the new craft bars and she said, to, the, <laughs> to those of us from Yorkshire, craft beer is where you take the black sheep or Timmy Taylors that we've been drinking for ages, make it a little bit fizzier, a bit hoppier, put it in a small can and charge double the price, which I thought was quite apt, wasn't it? Something with something Nick and, and sometimes yep. Bruce. Quite right. Yeah. I, I thought rather than the brew dog story itself, I thought it was quite funny as well. And then, oh, just typical, Bruce, Bruce said with this one, he's, he's bugging off. So talking to Geordie Land, Bruce, you, you, you picked up this idea of Michael Hewitt with the, the world's largest Newcastle brown ale collection. Looks fantastic, doesn't it, that really? <laughs> There's some work gone into that, hasn't it? So he's basically trying to collect every particular bottle variation <laughs> label, isn't he, of, of every yeah. Newcastle brown. I mean, UPS got hundreds, so, um, yeah, the link's there in the in the YouTube. So, again, people, it was in the Chronicle, wasn't it, up in, uh, yeah, in Newcastle? Um, I, I, I also picked this week that um, the Toast Company, I picked it up from the Opinions podcast, actually. You know, Toast, who make that beer out of recycled bread. or, or they, Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've just done a massive um, collab with, I think, 24 of the breweries. And, and there's a big box for, I think it's about 90 quid, I think, you can buy a box. And actually, Guinness have actually, for the, for the first time, probably in Guinness history, they've done a collab with Toast. And they created, that, actually, yeah. Yeah, and they've created a, it's a stout. Uh, but instant, the guys have opinions are saying that, obviously, Guinness now, obviously, they've, they've taken out the um, hot, what we want to 45, what was, what was it? Hop, what was it called? The UK, the lager they did here over here. Hop House. House 13, yeah. They've took off, they've, they've said they're not going to bother with that in the UK and they're going to focus back on stout. And so it, it, there's a suggestion we mentioned uh, Guinness Zero and now there's a Guinness collab that they are trying to look back into stout. And obviously, you know, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I, I said to Nick yesterday, I, I could, I've still not found a can of Guinness Zero anywhere. No, no, me, no, me. It's a bit like... Uh, I've got some in my fridge. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's all right, Bruce, actually. I was I was saying to Steve in uh, Omont Royal Oak last night because I was driving, that's why I didn't have much beer. Uh, and I said I would I would certainly consider that for uh, non-alcoholic. Of all the non-alcoholic beers I've tried, the Guinness was was good. Except when you look at the ingredients, they've obviously enhanced the flavour because it contains sweetener and it also says other ingredients that you never see on a normal can of Guinness. And all the kind of gives this purely hops, barley, water, and whatever else in it. Whereas yeah. I say this one, so yeah. I think that's how they've made it give it a bit more taste and a bit more flavor to it by taking the alcohol. I mean, you know, there are people who turn around and say, Oh, you can't taste alcohol, you know, my drink's been spiked because people have been putting vodka in. I didn't realize, but that to me is what you can taste. Yeah, alcohol doesn't have a taste as such, but when you take the alcohol out of beer, that's what that's what, what changes the character of it. Um, but say so the Guinness was probably better than a lot of the other non-alcoholic beers that I've tried. So, yeah, if you, if you, if you see it, I'll give, it, give it a try. Hmm. I've got to say to the stout, this uh, this Sam Smith chocolate stout is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It mm. is delicious, isn't it? Yeah. You really see, once again, nice you know, when I, when I go to London, I, I sometimes do that. The fact that you go into Sam Smith's pub mm. and you pay maybe a pound, a couple of pounds cheaper than if you go into a Fuller's pub, I'll yeah. often have a bottle beer and thinking, well, normally you think it's quite dear, but if I'm paying a fiver for a bottle in a Sam Smith's pub, I'm paying fiver for a flat pint of London yeah, Pride, yeah, yeah. I'll give the bottle a go. Sorry. 
So, right, Nick, we're on to your London trip then. So, you went down the train. You went on the talking L- about L- London Pride. L- yeah, L- L- on the train. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any beer on the train? Did they do beer on the LMER service? No, we were, we were on the, the, the seat frog trying to get the upgrade onto oh, um, right. the first class. They actually have, uh, I think it's brewed by, Bruce will tell us, is it brewed by Black Sheep or is it brewed by World Top? Anyway, they, they have one called... Like the... Yeah, and it, it's... He'll it, tell us when he comes back. Yeah. But it's yeah, uh, okay. the name is, is like... Oh, no, it's Rudgate, I think. That's right. Rudgate, it, right. Rudgate make one. Hmm. Uh, for specialist... Bruce, what's Rudgate's um, LNER beer called? Oh, um, oh, it'll come to me in a minute. Oh, God. Um, hop on board. Hop on board, that's right. Hop on yeah. board. So if you get, get upgraded into first class, then uh, you can you can have a, a beer, but we, we, did, we didn't manage it because the train was fairly busy. Yes, yeah. I'm going uh, down, down the 11th of November, so I'm going to um, could it, uh, open to get a seat frog update. Open a seat, seat frog to get some... Okay. I'm still here. I'm just going to pop on some mute briefly because I've got all these girls going to have to bang some pizza. I'm listening, but I will go on mute. No, all right. That's fine, no problem. So I think, Nick, you we mentioned the Princess Louise a few times. And I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago because when you'd just come back from London and you, we were talking about that picture, again, for those people on YouTube, the Princess Louise is Sam Bob, which is in High Holborn. And you took it, I think you'd been in there about two o'clock in the afternoon and you'd got upstairs to the upstairs. Oh, well, this, this, this was the other day, but when we were talking about London a few weeks back and we were all saying that the Princess Louise is one that we're going to. Yeah. I then said, I didn't rise that I, I never knew that it actually had an upstairs, mm. which is a thing in a lot of Sam Smith's pubs. Again, he utilizes upstairs because he has a, he either hasn't got folks living up there or whatever reason, when he restores the building, he does the whole lot. Yeah. So I said to Jackie, I said, right, so we've got the Princess Louise. We'll definitely look for the upstairs. And once again, it was like a lovely, comfortable living room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not quite as nice as um, the crown and maybe not quite as nice as the, the yeah. one in Leeds that we often go into. Uh, but certainly, you know, comfortable up there. And yeah, we got sat right in the window, give us the yeah. view of that is, uh, that, that's Holborn Road going Holborn into... Road, yeah. uh, New Oxford Street. So, yeah, yeah. but that was actually the, the following day. Right. This would have yeah. been my last stop if I wanted to go yeah. into double figures. Yeah. But what we actually yeah. did, we started at Trafalgar Square. Now, from Trafalgar Square, if you are in the centre of London, um, you can, um, opposite Charing Cross Station, you jump on a no- number 15 bus. Now, the number 15 bus was iconic in that that was the last route to run the route master. The old jumping on the back, the old fashioned buses, but I think with the uh, green issue now, they've even taken those out of um, out of circulation. They don't run them anymore. Scandalous, that scandalous. So we mentioned <laughs> Princess Louise quite a lot, I think, in the last uh, the, the London podcast. So I, I, we, we'll perhaps move on from this one. But yeah, I did. I just put in the what pub um, uh, description, which is quite interesting, really. And we talked a little bit about what a fantastic Victorian. Example it is, and I, I, I think I, I did know that they've been a re- re- refurbishment, but again, they mentioned that in 2007 the pub went through a conference re- restoration. We saw the reinstatement of the multi room layout and those glass dividing walls going back in. So, although they look they look very old, actually, they're probably all done in 2007, but it's still a fantastic pub. Um, and that, that's uh, definitely, I said, we, we'd all pick that one, wouldn't we? It's one of our choices, really. So this is the your this is the de- this is your trip then. So this is from the yeah. So jump on the, jump on the number fifteen. All I if you if you don't want to catch it from across Charing uh, Charing Road Station, you can actually walk up the Strand a little bit. A couple of pubs that Bruce had mentioned in his choices. You've got the Lyceum Theatre once again, Sam Smith's pubs or the Coal Hall. 
neither of which I've been. I've been in the Wellington. There's a Nicholson's pub just up there on the corner, which ain't too bad. Uh, so you can actually walk along the Strand. If you want to start your beer count on the Strand, then that's uh, three pubs there, ideal. So then jump on the number 15 and take the ride. And once again, the 15 route is the one that passes a lot of the iconic areas and buildings f- when you're running uh, west to east through London. So you go up the Strand, pass by St. Paul's, uh, where have we got uh, Ludgate Hill, uh, onto Cannon Street, Obviously, the Bastard Brewdog Outpost that I've never been in there, but it looks quite interesting in that they've got, seems to have a massive great games room with pool tables and air hockey tables and uh, video games and stuff like that. And then we get off at Tower Hill. Now, when we get off at Tower Hill, we normally go in the Spoons, which is the Liberty Bounds there. Now, the last time I went out to London, not this time, the last time before, we actually went to go to Liberty Bounds and it was closed, not just because of COVID, but it was being uh, refurbished. So I've always liked the Liberty Bounds because upstairs, where I would think would be a, a huge ingle nook fire, there's actually two tiny little drinking spaces and there's just literally a single person seat and a chair and a single person seat and a chair. So you're almost drinking in a little nook. So I know I like to try to get myself in there, right, these quaint little drinking areas. But unfortunately, the, um, the upstairs was closed and I think that was a cause of no staff. Yeah, so yeah. it's been refurbished, so it's nice and tidy and smart in there. Obviously, you get a good mixture of people in there. You get a mixture of sort of people uh, who work in that part of London. Also, you get your tourists who uh, have been to Tower Tower Bridge and um, the, the Tower of London as well. Uh, but I say, unfortunately, on that day, we couldn't go upstairs. But had a pint of uh, Wolf, Howling Wolf in there, which has been getting quite a few good ratings um, on various reviews that I've seen. Can't say that it was a, a good pint as far as I was concerned, but that's what we started off with. But the other reason why we stopped there is because uh, it was supposed to be my day, but Jackie had insisted that we should go to a hotel bar that had a view. And so I found this particular place, which is the Citizen M uh, Hotel. Once again, it's one of those places that is hipster and, and all that sort of stuff. And they do various different things, but uh, they have got a, what they call their rooftop bar, which is seven stories up. And for anybody uh, watching us on YouTube, you'll see that's the view from the balcony. So you can see the Shard on the right-hand side. You've got the uh, Tower of London in front of you. And then you can see the Tower Bridge just behind. If you look around the corner uh, to the right-hand side, you see the Gherkin, because the actual outdoor balcony wraps itself around the building. And is that actually um, Belfast on the river there? We can see in that picture as well. Uh, that's, that is there. that's the end of the Belfast as well. Yeah, yeah. so in, in terms of view, yeah, it's a cracking view. Yeah. The guys behind the bar, they 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 unfortunately didn't have any draft on. They were complaining that they weren't getting supplies, even though the draft what they have is Camden, so it's only literally about three or four miles away. But they're saying they were having difficulty with supply and also with 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 um, the the uh, wagon drivers. Uh, if they did get any beer into the hotel, it was designated to the downstairs bar, which they couldn't stand because they said, obviously we get far more people coming up here, coming up here. Uh, for the view than sitting yeah. downstairs in the lobby, drinking down there. So all they had on was a, a kind of a beaver town neck oil, which once again, crafty beer. It was all right, £5.25, probably worth £5.25 for the view. The mistake I made, I got uh, our last, a glass of Pims, and the glass of Pims was 12 quid. So the total price for the bill was just short of 20 quid. Now, Pims in anybody's, uh, it ain't even a, 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 a spirit strength, is it? It's not even a 40%. So 
where they found the 12 quid from, I don't know. They put a couple of slices of... Well, they put a couple of dried slices of apple in it and he got a couple of basil leaves, I think, and crushed them in his hand. And I thought, well, that's not very hygienic with the COVID going on, but there we are, I wasn't drinking it. But I think that justified... I would think you pay normally pay what between four or five quid for a pim, so that must have justified putting another six or seven quid on there. So yeah, one drink, uh, and that was enough because obviously we had a schedule to sit do. So back downstairs, ten minutes walk through Tower Hill Gardens to the um, DLR Gateway, which is the uh, Docklands Light Railway. Jump on your Docklands Light Railway there. Ten minutes journey. You have to change uh, stations where, I'm just getting this right, you change at, uh, uh, West Ferry. Well, there's, there's two or three stations, but if you, if you want to go into Canary Wharf, you do have to change your train, but you literally jump off one and then wait for the next one to come along. And so into Canary Wharf, another 10 minutes ride, uh, get off at Canary Wharf station itself, and then wander back up to India Dock, I think it's called, and that's where the spoons is. And this is a what Tim Martin is good at, taking these old uh, architecturally unique buildings and putting new life into them. So, yeah, it was an old customs building. Very quiet because we, we, were, we were here on a Monday afternoon. So nice vibe actually down in the Docklands there. There weren't many people in suits knocking around because I think we just got in just before them. Uh, so as you can see from the photographs of those on YouTube again, it was pretty empty but it was a good base to have something to eat at a decent price. Uh, started off with a pint of, what did I have in there? I had a pint of Sambrook's Wandle. Sambrook's being a London-based brewery originally. I think they do still brew in London, but they've moved most of the brewing out to uh, Croydon now. Uh, but I think they were established in 2013. Craft brewing, but it wasn't too arty-farty, crafty in taste. It was, uh, it was not a bad pint. Uh, especially at uh, £2.49 because I managed to get my 50 pence camera voucher in there. And then I had one of the Spoons Curries that I think have improved as well. And I had my big bottle of Elvis juice, which is brew dog, but it's the uh, best value drink if you're having a meal in, in Spoons. Get yourself a bottle of Elvis juice because it's a 660 milliliter bottle. I think they normally charge 3 99 for it. So you get more than a pint. And when you get your curry, it basically works out you get your curry for about three or four quid. So that's the ledger building Canary Wharf. From there, another 10 minute walk. I think Bruce is talking, but he's muted yeah, himself. I was going to say, or alternatively, you could support an independent brewery, not somebody who offers to sell by a can of being said he was fake gold can, couldn't he? <laughs> well, well, I, I did, Bruce. I say I, I, I had the wandle, um, but I didn't, I didn't want another pint of that. And uh, yes. Uh, my choice this week in Weatherspoons, actually, with my meal, was a pint of Conway Gold, which was very nice on cask, which was... Oh, yeah, great. tried that one. That was Although nice. I, I, I also had to drink Roosters in Wales, because that was on the beer festival bit as well. So, right, Nick, so that's the first two ticked off, and then you... I know you mentioned... Whoa, you're your... going the wrong way here, man. Bloody hell, wait, wait, you, you've jumped there. <laughs> what, what, I'm here, I'm what? in the helicopter. What, Get what, back. What, which one comes you know, next? So, from Canary Wharf, we walk 10 minutes west along Narrow Lane, which is quite a nice little name, to the grapes. So let's find Gandalf's grapes. Oh, this, you see, you sent me all these. It's just like you right. No, it wasn't so me. So here we go. Here we've got right. Gandalf. You shall not pass. Yeah. Gandalf's grapes. Now, once you're on a Monday... Balcony, isn't it? I've seen it. It's really tiny balcony, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I sent Mike some pictures. I don't know if he's got those. Yeah. But so yeah. 
Uh, I think it opens at four o'clock, but once again, my scheduling deliberate to get us there at four o'clock. Uh, yeah. Reason being, on a Monday night, it's also quiz night. And That's they often right, yeah. say, Sir Ian McCallan, who is the uh, leaseholder to the building, to the pub, he often goes in on quiz night on a Monday night because it's fairly quiet. So, plus I thought, let's get ourselves there just as the open. I wasn't planning to stay for the quiz because my uh, master plan was to get back onto the river just as it was turning dark to then see the city lighting up. So, first pint in there was a pint of Bonkers Conkers, which is a Green King beer. And as you stand at the bar, you can see Gandalf's staff proudly uh, mounted behind the bar. And yeah, because it was still early doors, whilst there were quite a few people sat indoors, they'd already secured their seats for the quiz, walked out through to the back, and there's a little two-tier balcony. So we managed to have the balcony to ourselves. And uh, great view either way up and down the river. So once again, people on YouTube, that's me enjoying my pint of, that was either the Bonkers Conkers, and we had to stop for two in there. So lo and behold, he had Taylor's landlord on the bar. Uh, Ian Tarini, obviously, is, is, is from Lancashire, but I still yeah. think he likes a lot of his uh, northern beers. So I think you will often find at least one, if not a couple of uh, northern beers on in there. Sadly, we didn't see him. But as I say, we were on the schedule, so I had a couple of beers, and the pub started to get a bit full with people coming for the quiz. So we then headed uh, back down Narrow Lane, but you can actually walk then along the actual river itself along the foreshore of the, the north bank down to the canary wharf um ferry uh, pier which as i say it's the clipper they are now branded uber clippers and jump on there and it's a fast ferry ride 18 minutes up to blackfriars blackfriars pier so i'm hoping you're going to go to blackfriars pub next time i am yeah so blackfriars pub is Two minutes walk from Blackfriars Pier, heading north. And this is a Nicholson's pub. And once again, this was saved, I think. I think Sir John Betjeman was involved in, in managing to preserve this spot. It is a riot of Art Nouveau. Uh, created in, I think, Victorian times. And the reason it has a friars theme is because it was built on the site of a North Friary. So on the outside, you've got full-size statues of jolly-looking friars enticing you to come into the pub on the inside you've got mosaics you've got friezes you've got sculptures you've got friars being non-religious in certain respects around the uh, the top of the pub and over the bar really enjoying themselves with uh, beer wine food and god knows know what tiled interiors once again uh, a unique cracking interior and these are the sort of pubs that i like to uh, to seek out i've walked past it many times I might it from the outside, but never really had the opportunity or the time to go in. But I say, as this was my day and this was my schedule, I managed to make sure that I had a good uh, half an hour to 40 minutes in there and I had to sample the London Pride. Unfortunately, because Nicholson's uh, were being very generous, I got a pint of London Pride, I got an orange juice, and I used my Nicholson's app, and I think my round cost me £3.15. Still not quite sure how it was so cheap, but I think the guy behind the bar, he was off your student, quite naive, nice enough bloke. I don't think we stuck it very long, and I'm not sure that he processed my voucher properly or did what he needed to do. But anyway, that was probably my cheapest round in London. So again, so, this is, um, as Nick said, this is one of those, it's one of those flat iron pubs. You mentioned, haven't we? This, we're kind of on a corner, so it's a, quite a funny shape, a bit like the, it's the Bath Hotel in Sheffield we talked about, and there are a couple of ones in 
uh, Edinburgh like this out Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, and it says there that it's uh, Art Nouveau Grade Two masterpiece of a building. The Black Friar was built in 1875, and the site of the Dominican Priory, designed by architect H. Fuller Clark and artist Henry Poole, who were both free-thinking of the arts and craftsmen that we mentioned there as well. Um, and again, that just got me thinking. Actually, in, in Wet Wales last week with the uh, with Nicholson's, we, we we talk about Nicholson's quite a lot, mainly because, as Nick said, there they do take um, or they they are uh, kind of a very into the heritage pubs, aren't they? They take old buildings and 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 all old historical pubs and do look after them. So I thought I'd do a bit of uh, digging into Nicholson's, and actually, I, I actually went down the wrong. Um, again, very very wet day in Wales. Uh, I went down the wrong. Uh, Ali, the first thing, because I found this guy called William Nicholson, and Nicholson say on their website that William Nicholson was their founder, um, but there are actually are two William Nicholsons, and the first William Nicholson I came across actually opened a brewery uh, in Maidenhead, uh, Nicholson's Brewery, and again, I've got a, there's a for those on YouTube, there's a there's an old very old uh, pump clip bottle bottle uh, label there for Nicholson's Brown Ale, um, and they mainly were based in the southeast, and they had 150 type pumps. Uh, bought out by Courage in 18, 1958, um, and there is now uh, the Nicholson's Shopping Centre in uh, Maidenhead 6, where the brewery used to be, and in fact the deep well, 440, 400 foot deep well is still there. So I was, I think I kind of went a bit, kind of got a bit lost there, I couldn't find out what the link there was from Nicholson's Brewery into Nicholson's, the, the kind of modern pub chain. So thankfully, uh, Mr Roger Protz came to, uh, to, to my help. Um, and Roger Protz, obviously, um, you know, officially with beer, uh, and actually written an article. Uh, I think it was the one. It might have been for beer, actually. Uh, but he and the, and the strap line he was how uh, cricket Victorian gin palaces came to drive Nicholson's beer festivals. So he then wrote a really good article, and I put the link in there. And I say both of you have, have a look. It's really interesting read actually about Nicholson's, uh, and actually some really interesting history. Surprising, well, not surprisingly. So Nicholson's, so William Nicholson was was a, another William Nicholson, uh, and he had a brother called James, and they set up a gin distillery in London, in Clerkenwell and, and Bow, and they made lamp lighter gin, um, and there is still again some evidence of that around on the district line underground from Bromley and West Ham stations. Uh, distillery had to end there in the Second World War because they got bombed out, and apparently the buildings now are used for uh, uh, film and TV studios. Uh, but you can still see uh, part of the old uh, kind of maltings that we use there as well. Uh, and William Nicholson was the chairman of J.W. Nicholson Gin Distillery. Uh, and he got into gin palaces because at the end of the 18th century, uh, 1900s, that's, this is kind of what happened. And this is where some of those pubs like the Princess Louise you've mentioned kind of came into fashion at the kind of turn of the 1900s. Um, uh, and there's also a link to cricket in that William Nicholson, as well as being gin distiller and CEO of the company, uh, was also quite a good cricketer and played for Middlesex and was a member of the MCC. It was quite a big a big guy. So by all accounts, the MCC, with their egg and bacon ties and blazers, uh, Roger Proctor suggested that there was some discussion that actually were the, that was the um, colours of the Nicholson's gin distillery. Um, and that's why they kind of shared that. And apparently Nicholson's also put quite a lot of money into um, uh, the, the building of the Lord's Ground in 1864 as well. So again, I thought it was a really interesting link there between cricket and drinking. So Nicholson's became pub owners because, as I mentioned, they started to buy these gin palaces. 
Um, but again, at the same time, then there was a bit of an issue about obviously gin got started to get a bit of a bad name. So they also then began to look at things like beer as well. Um, and they now have around about 77 pubs across the United Kingdom, uh, mainly in England and Scotland. Um, and again, there are some fantastic pubs in their, um, in their list, really. Some really, you know, great old-fashioned pubs and factory that we've mentioned as well. So I just just a little kind of side bit there, really. Um, but, and again, Roger but the, says, the brand, it's, it, they, they are, it's not Mickles now, it's, it's Mitchell and Butler, isn't it? Yeah, uh, come back to that, yeah. But they retain right. the Nicholson's kind of brand, yeah. brand or whatever. It's just, just one of their brands, yeah. And is it, is it Michelin's been, or is it the other, yeah, the other no, guys? No, M and B. And actually, Prots actually mentions and, the, yeah. the Black Friars uh, particularly and says that it's well, a great example of what Nicholson's do to a pub is the Black Friar. And as Nick's explained, there, fantastic building. Um, and he said, you know, without uh, Nicholson's, it probably wouldn't may not be there. So, yeah, as you, as you said, Nick, yeah, no, they are Mitchell and Butler's. Mm. Um, and Mixon Butler's now have uh, run 17, uh, 1,784 pubs and bars. We've mentioned before, I think it's quite a ubiquitous list, isn't it? Sizzlers and Vintage and Harvester and Toby Carberry's, Nicholson's, O'Neill's, all bar ones, Miller Carter's. It's a quite a long list, really. But they support um, real ale, which is good. And yeah, they, they yeah. often give discounts yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. I know certainly Vintage Inns, if you've got your camera card, they do give a discount, which brings the price of a pint in their restaurant down to acceptable level. To be honest with you, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind them for that respect. And, and I think, uh, you, you know, know, if you look, if you look at that list, there, I suppose what they are doing is their demographics is pretty broad, isn't it? They are, they are, like you say, keeping beer available to a, quite a large um, you know, part of the population. So if you, you know you want to go to a posh all bar one, they always have a, at least one decent ale in an all bar one. When I go to a steakhouse like Miller and Carter, they always have at least two beer ales on. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. All, all good to them really. So we've done that one. So am I, am I now going to Viaduct oh, yeah. Tavern? Yeah, well, we're, we've had a ride on the boat up. Yeah, so we're going up Newbridge Street, uh, up Farringdon, and when you actually get under the viaduct, um, those who follow us um, will remember my my unique purchase. I actually managed to buy one of the old pub signs from the Viaduct Tavern which is a fuller's pub, once again, iconic. Once again, this pub is looked upon as the best remaining example of a London gym palace, certainly inside, unaltered. Uh, it faces the Old Bailey, built on the site of an old prison or old jail. Uh, certain people reckon that if you go in the cellars, there are still parts of the cells down there, although that is disputed to a certain extent. They reckon it's one of uh, London's most haunted pubs as well. This was the pub that I wanted to go in because obviously owning one of the pub signs as well, with it being a fullest pub, walked past it a couple of times. Once again, it's on a it's on a curved corner, mm-hmm. so quite a unique shape to the pub. Sadly, when I went in there, by now it was about nine o'clock on Monday night. Me and the other half were the only people in there, uh, and I think the two young lads behind the bar were ready to lock up and go home. Uh, so I had a quick chat with them and sort of said, look, you know, are we keeping you waiting? Is it normally this quiet? And they said, well, you know, back end of the night it can be, but we've not known it as quiet as this. Um, in there, I had something a little bit different. I had a pint of Anne's Back and Hobday Summer Pale. And it was exceedingly uh, light, a very, very light straw-coloured beer. When I'd mentioned Sam Brooks earlier on, I got a little bit mixed up, actually. In fact... Uh, Ansbach and Hobday were originally started craft brewing in Bermondsey in 2013, but uh, their main brewery is in Croydon now. Um, but as I say, sadly, 
the Viaduct Tavern was lacking in any atmosphere. I'd like to go back there when it's a bit fuller, when there's a little bit, little bit more going on. Uh, but I really did feel that the guys wanted us to drink up and then they could get home early, which I, uh, I allowed them to do so. So from there, we then walked across the viaduct. And once again, if nobody's ever seen Holborn Viaduct, it's worth having a look at. There's actually statues on the bridge itself. And the bridge is always kept in tip-top condition, uh, nicely painted. It's got a wrought iron top and underneath it. So from both directions, it's quite uh, a unique piece of architecture. So walk over the viaduct, you're heading west again, and you're heading to Hatton Garden. And obviously Hatton Garden is infamous or famous for its jewellery and the Hatton Garden heist when the guys went into the basement and hacked their way through into a safety deposit box. And in a similar way, the, the pub that I was looking for is hidden away. You wouldn't really know it was there if you didn't walk past it. Um, you get to it almost like some of the pubs that we know in Leeds where you have to go down these hidden passages. And in fact, on, on the Hatton Garden side, on the street, uh, you have to look out for there is a sign mounted on a lamppost. And then above the little alleyway, there's the classic fullers with the, the griffin above. I don't know if you've got an image of that one, Mike, anywhere. There we are. Yeah. So there I am looking at, but obviously the pub isn't actually on the street itself. Yeah. It's down the little ginnel way. Yeah. Walk down the passageway, those on YouTube will see the sort of passage I'm talking about on the right-hand side there. You know, if you weren't familiar or you, you weren't comfortable, you think, where the hell am I walking down here? You know, it's a dark, dark passage to, to nowhere. But anyway, you come out into this little courtyard. Now, Yieldy Mitre, once again, is supposedly one of the oldest pubs in London. It dates back to 1546. Not this actual pub, but there have always been pubs on the site. And this is also famous for, in fact, Queen Elizabeth I uh, used to like to, uh, to meet one of her, 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 her local friends he, he, and, and dance the maypole around an old cherry tree that used to be in the courtyard there. Uh, unfortunately, the cherry tree has long since gone. They do reckon that part of the bar or part of the infrastructure is, is there's a beam from the cherry tree. But yeah, once again, it's one of those unique little pubs that you've got to search out because out of all the pubs I've been in, this was definitely my favourite. This is one I'll go back to. First things first, walked in, what beers were on the bar? Once again, those people watching YouTube, what an array of beers. Considering this is a fullest pub, pride of place in the centre of the hand punts is under pride. But who else did they have on? They had Thornbridge Jaipur, one of our favourites. Unfortunately, I'd already eight pints by then, so I thought, well, I don't know how many more pints I've got in me, but I won't have the Jaipur. They've got Black Sheep on there. One for you, Michael. They've got Titanic's Plum Porter on there. And lo and behold, those that listen to us frequently now know what's in my top three beers. My favourite Great Newsome, that's Slick Dust on. So I had to have a pint of Yorkshire East, Yorkshire World, Slick Dust uh, in Yieldy Mitre. Once again, I think it's a pub that has three rooms. One of the rooms you can only get to uh, from a door on the outside. We found ourselves in what was called Ye Olde Closet, which is a little square room, wooden panelled, um, simple leaded glass windows behind. And it also uh, holds the um, attribute that it's one of the few pubs still in London that if you have to go to the gents' toilet, you've got to go outside. Now, obviously, we know a few of those pubs in Leeds and, uh, and York, but the record in London, this is uh, quite an anomaly, quite unusual, that in order to go for a pee, you have to go outside into the little courtyarded area. 
Um, but yeah, definitely recommend it. First time I've been in there, definitely going back there. But overall, you know, the, 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 the crawl that I did using the public transport there, I think this took me to number nine beers. I'd had enough. Um, I was quite happy. If you wanted to finish the night off, then from here, you carry on walking up Holborn and you'll end up with our two or three favourite Sam Smith pubs. You've got the City of York, you've got the Princess Louise, and then you've got, which one is that you're going, Mike, the is the crown, crown. I always, yeah. yeah, I always want to call that the, the Mike for some reason, but yeah. the crown. So, so yeah, you, you've got public transport or you've got walking. You're never more than a 10, 15 minute walk or journey between all the pubs that we've uh, that I've run through. And I reckon you could do it in a day. You know, it was nice to come back on the uh, on the clipper uh, when, as I say, it was just getting dark to see the city lighting up because we normally do the river during the day. So it was nice to see that. But I reckon if you went down by train, you got to your first destination at 12 o'clock, you could do the tour that I've just done in a day, manage to get back on the train, have one probably last night camp in the parcel yard up at the uh, King's Cross station, which I did the following day, and then back up uh, back home on the last train of the day. Good night, good trek around that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. just a quick, just there's what's pub uh, just a description of the Almighty identify cameras having a nationally important historian to it. It's hidden in the alley, as Nick said, between Hatton Garden and Ely Place. Extensive wood panelling, two bars, and a snug, small function upstairs. Been a pub here since 1546. Current building is from 18th century, fullest to cover from 2009. Uh, but as Nick said, they're a bit like that half acting, which isn't far away, isn't it? They do seem to encourage you to drink beer as well. So just looking there, Nick. So we've got uh, we've got uh, Bakewell, we've got Stuck on Trent, we've got um, East Yorkshire, we've got uh, Massam. Where was Fairy, Fairy Fox, Fiery Fox from? Not sure. That's it's yeah. not an L Goods, is it? I, I can't. Once again, I'm yeah, on my iPad. I can't uh, quite see the can't see quite see the pump clip. But to walk either. into that at the end of the night and think, my God, I could yeah. spend all night in here actually. In fact, it's a good job I didn't start there because I probably would have just sat in there for three or four hours, you know, doing the full row, full row pumps. But uh, but no, a cracking place to end up in. You know, it just had that that you know that turn of the century, even medieval feel to the place. Uh, once again, quite a nice mixture of people. And in fact, it was surprising because by then it was about be about nine, half past nine, and most people were still choosing to actually sit outside. And obviously, I'm not talking. This wasn't summer. This was when about four or five weeks ago, wasn't it? Mm. But uh, yeah, well, there was a COVID thing. What well, I don't know, but you know, most people were sat outside, and so this is why we ended up having ye uh, closet to ourselves. Barry Fox is a Welsh cider. All right, Quint, okay. Quint a drag, yeah. So it looks like oh, it's, well, uh, there you go. Pro- probably a good job I didn't have a pint of that then, but then obviously <laughs> they've got draft cider as well. But no, that, that's a nice thing yeah. with pubs. You know, you can often find whilst it's, nice, yeah. it's nice to walk into a Fuller's pub and see the full range of Fuller's beers there. But then yeah, yeah. in some of the other ones, you know, they seem to, yeah, be happy with yeah, allowing other brewers to, to come in. So I think you've answered the question that you, the old mighty sounds like the one that you would would be your pick of the choice and the one you'd probably want to go back um, to. All, once again, all the pubs that I went in, I was quite happy with them. Yeah. There wouldn't be a pub that I'd turn around to. I probably wouldn't bother other than the Viaduct Tavern. But I'm sure we just got it on a bad night. It was Monday night. Uh, there was nothing much doing in the city. And as I say, I'm sure if I go back there, which I definitely will do, I'm sure that it will uh, it will improve itself. But as I say, a bit like when me and Bruce went to Wakefield and started thinking about Wakefield again, Bruce, you know, it was a destination you remember think about. All those pubs that we went in Wakefield, I think that was a cracking trip. Uh, once again, we had, I think we had nine pints in the end, but yeah. it was enough. You know, it was a nice, steady session, really. 
and I say this is what uh, this is what the London one was. You know, I would certainly recommend the, the route that I've taken. You can do it in a day. Yeah. So just tell me again, Michael. What's the name of the pub behind Thornton and Mason? No, that's uh, me. The Red Lion. Red Lion. The little Red Lion. The tiny Red Lion. The etched glass Red Lion. The the Red Lion that you'd only probably get about what thirty people in there. Duke York Street. You so won't forget it, that, will you? So you're you're three back in episode uh, fifteen, and we chose yeah. our three London pubs. Your three pubs at that time were the Red Lion. Just explained yeah. in Duke York Street. Uh, the Lamb in Lamb Conduit Street. Yeah. And the Prince Louise in High Auburn. So yeah. are you now saying that the old mitre might yeah, be? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably drop the lamb for the mitre. Right. Put mitre in, in instead of the lamb. I mean, the lamb is nice because it's Young's pub. And I say they had the snob screens and it's handy walking down from Cross again. It's a nice stop off 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the station before you get to your destination. But uh, yeah, out of. Uh, out the range of beers and, and the atmosphere and the fact that it is it, it seems to be so secret, you know, down those little passageways. Yeah, yeah. Uh definitely go the mitre. Yeah, yeah. So not not this time, it's just more like white locks we've mentioned before in Leeds with that another exactly that those back. passageways. Yeah. You you would never know. Yeah. You just yeah, would never yeah. know as a tourist wandering around that street, you would never know there's a pub there. Yeah, interesting. And even so, the other the other end, in fact, on Ely Place, it's even less well marked. So yeah. there are corridors both sides. But as I say, it's not even not even marked up on on Ely Place. So if you go down Ely Place, all you see is that blank passageway. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. That's been really, really interesting. And say a couple of uh, some new pubs there. Uh, again, there's not. I don't think I've been to any of those pubs you mentioned uh, in the episode today. So definitely one for me. I'm in London myself uh, sometime this month. So um, I might certainly pick a couple of those. I've, I've got a meeting for a couple of hours, and I've got a couple of hours spare. So. Um, so the old mitre sounds like one that's probably on my way back towards Houston that I can probably tick in. So that sounds fantastic. Well, that's it. Poten- potential, potential for a day trip there, guys. Me and Bruce come down the East Coast. You come down the West Coast. Oh, yes. Get there for lunchtime. And I say, I reckon I reckon we could do that That same. You can do that trail in, in six hours. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. So, as I said, we, we've got another podcast to uh, catch up with uh, in the next week or so. So, uh, as Nick and Bruce have mentioned, they have a little trip to the Yorkshire Rhubarb Triangle, which is kind of Wakefield uh, and Castleford. And I think you also managed to get one in Leeds in the other way back as well. So I think that will be the focus of our next podcast. And then I've got my Macclesfield um, uh, session to talk about as well, really. And I say, we're hoping that potentially at the end of November, we are going to do a live one with Sheffield, feeling like it's going to be probably the, uh, the, the venue of our choice. We've talked about Sheffield quite a bit. We've done a... Um, we have actually, did we, did, you did a Sheffield, didn't you, Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah, me and Bruce did one. Yeah, back in uh, whenever it was. Um, yeah. I think that was one last place. Oh, you... to Chesterfield as well. It's only 15. Chesterfield as well. Two or three cracking from Chesterfield. But we're not going to Rotherham, are we? Because I think you, you decided that was a little bit of a trip too far mm. on your last yeah. adventure down there as well. well the, the, the only pub we had on our list was the um, Old Mill pub <laughs> just outside the station. It was closed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so good stuff so uh happy halloween everybody i hope that's uh, mm. an interesting uh, addition to our podcast uh we will probably get another episode out within the next week or so uh so uh have a great week everybody have a great november or is it movember as it, as it normally is uh rugby started but it's on amazon this year so nick's happy because he's now got amazon on his telly so he's uh he's got his next few weekends watching rugby with a couple of beers so uh cheers everybody Bye. I normally clink me bottles, but he ain't got any. <laughs> no worries. Right, see everybody. 
So yeah, 